Hello everybody, it is the time of year to begin registering for one or two of my slow groups that begin in July. My slow groups are these special groups where I focus on one topic and we deeply unpack it over the course of six months. So these are highly nuanced, deep dive, advanced groups. These are excellent for those of you who have taken my six week course or who just want to focus on one particular topic through a somatic and trauma-informed lens. The two that are opening up in July, or will begin in July, are my embodied parenting group and my embodied nutrition group. The embodied parenting group is just like it sounds, learning how to parent from your body, learning how to ground yourself in your parenting so you're not parenting from a reactive triggered place, but from a much more conscious place so you can actually find joy in your parenting instead of it being a total hellscape, like some of you have told me it is, and I've experienced it myself. The other group is an embodied nutrition group. This has been requested for years. For the past four years after students complete my course, they say, can you please do a course on nutrition and make it longer than six weeks? So finally, I can say, yes, you can, and I can, and I did. It is a six-month unpacking of the intersection between trauma nutrition, and somatics. How do we recover from stress and trauma via food? How do we relate to food as a being and not just some object on the plate? What's the biochemistry of food? Why is it not the best for my blood sugar to have toast, but lentils are just fine if they're both carbohydrates? All of this and more will be unpacked in this six-month group. To register for these groups, please go to my website, holisticlifenavigation.com, and click Groups or you can click the link in the episode details below. Registration closes on June 1st. It is only open through May because we need the month of June to prepare everybody for July. I'm looking forward to this deep dive with you all. I'll see you there. Welcome to the Holistic Life Navigation Podcast, where we discuss every aspect of life through the lens of somatic psychology, nutrition, and self-inquiry. My name is Luis Mojica, and I'm a somatic educator who teaches people how to find safety inside themselves so they can better navigate this strange and sensational human experience. Your time to learn begins now. Hello, my friends. So this Sunday, I am doing a free three-week email series. That starts this Sunday, July 2nd. If you want to get in on that, please make sure you register this Saturday, July 1st. That's going to make sure that you're getting the series and that you get the whole thing. And this series is diving into all the nuances of sexual trauma, what it means to heal it, and the different facets of it. So I thought it'd be good to do this navigating episode as an introduction to that email series, but also to just... Um, teach you a little bit about the nuances and the different avenues and pathways of the body as it relates to sexual trauma. I think the first thing I always like to open with is that sexual trauma isn't only caused by assault. Now, if you have sexual assault, or you have any kind of uh, molestation, understandably, you're going to have sexual trauma. But there's a, an array of experiences that have nothing to do with sexual assault or abuse that can cause an overwhelm inside of your body as it relates to the charge of sexuality. 
things like being exposed to porn at a young age, things like comparing your body to other people's during puberty and development, things like sexual fawning with people you really love who aren't pressuring you. There's a bunch of different ways and experiences where our sexuality can become a traumatic event even. And when we go to have sex or we go to feel sexual, we are met with bracing. And that's the second thing I want to bring in here. Bracing is a major way to self-identify that your body carries some trauma or stress around sex. When you feel aroused or you're connecting intimately with somebody and a part of you is leaving, a part of you is dissociating, your body is literally tightening up and even getting numb, that tells you your body is overwhelmed by the sexual experience. Being overwhelmed by the sexual experience doesn't mean the person or the experience in and of itself isn't consensual, doesn't mean it isn't pleasurable. It just means your body is being reminded of a time in the past or many times in the past where it wasn't safe to feel your turn on, where it wasn't safe to open up and soften into pleasure and sex. So a big part of learning about how to be with the body somatically when we're working with sexual trauma is identifying the places we brace and then teaching the body how to start releasing those. That's something I'm going to be talking about in this three-week series. Sexual fawning is a huge part of sexual trauma. I can't even say it enough. Sexual fawning is when you reflexively please someone sexually. You reflexively say yes. You even do sexual acts that you're not into just to please the other person. Now, serving somebody, wanting to please someone, that's very different from sexual fawning. Sexual fawning is a trauma response. It is reflexive. There's not a lot of thought or personal consent of your body in it. Your mind says, I love you. You want this. I don't want you to leave me. Or I, I love you. You want this. I should want this. And you push. The body gets pushed into the sexual experience by you, usually. This is not an abusive situation when I'm talking about sexual fawning. Now, in some cases, it can be. In a case of assault, or being pressured, your body might pretend to be turned on or act like it's consenting so you don't get hurt and you can survive the situation. That would be an example of sexual fawning in response to sexual assault. However, the majority of people I have sat with and worked with have sexual trauma from consensual sexual experiences with long-term partners for many decades that they love because of sexual fawning which means for decades, they're having sex with this person and their body is bracing because they're not turned on yet. They're not in touch with what their desire is, what they even want. And because of that, it becomes a dissociative experience. Any consistent chronic dissociative experience becomes a traumatic one. So you don't need abuse or wrongdoing to experience trauma. All you need is overwhelm. And that's one way sexual fawning becomes sexual trauma over time. Building capacity for pleasure is huge as well, because when you have been molested, when you have been assaulted, when you have had strange, overwhelming, even shameful, disgusting sexual experiences, your actual arousal and turn on those sensations in your genitals, other parts of your body will then get overcoupled with the experience, the shame, the disgust, being oppressed, being terrified. All those things become qualities that are now reminded of and attached to your sexual expression. 
So pleasure in and of itself might feel really scary. The body might not be open to it because pleasure might simultaneously mean shame, embarrassment, um, disgust, and fear, and even panic for your body. So learning how to uncouple some of those things and build capacity for pleasure is a really important beginning to really reclaim your body's ability to enjoy touch and sensation, even if it's non-sexual. Fetish, kink, and trauma, where do these things go together? How do they relate? Are fetishes and kinks empowering? Are fetishes and kinks trauma reenacting? That's the question here. That's what I'm going to be sitting with and helping you discern through your body. I've sat with um, sex workers. I've sat with strippers. I've sat with people who just have a very specific kinks and fetishes with their partners or hook up with people or polyamorous or monogamous. And what I've learned from many of these bodies, including sitting with my own, from my own fetishes and kinks over the years, is a majority of our fetishes, a majority of our kinks are rooted in early childhood traumatic events. Events where we didn't have much agency over what was happening. We went along with the experience or we shut down completely. So in that case, when you become an adult, your sexual arousal or turn on, again, may be overcoupled and attached to the same qualities of the traumatic event. For instance, if someone was being very physical with you, and it was, and it was very painful, right? And as an adult, you find liberation in I choose to ask someone, my partner to be physical with me, and I find pleasure in it now. There's a transmutation that happens there, where something that was once filled with terror and shame and disgust has now been transformed into total ecstasy and pleasure. When you're working with that consciously, you can literally transform these things through sex, through touch, through co-regulation with your partner or partners. However, when your kinks and your fetishes are kind of running you, you don't really have context for them. You're not really sure how they feel in your body. It's just something you feel driven, like compulsive to do. This would go under the category of, of sex addiction and compulsions. It's often uh, propelled by these early experiences that were unpleasant, non-consensual, and traumatic. And what happens in many bodies, even bodies that are consciously saying, but this is how I find power now, those bodies are still reliving the trauma. So I might be mentally consenting and asking you and requesting you to do something to me or with me that might mimic or reenact a traumatic event. And I'm finding liberation through that mentally. And my body might actually be getting re-traumatized. What's beautiful about somatic work is we don't have to know cognitively. We can learn how to feel for these things. We can discern through sensation, not through figuring it out with our minds. I will teach you how to do that. So you can either release your fetishes and kinks that are re-traumatizing you or enjoy them if they're liberating your body. Finally, uncoupling sexual turn-on from stress and fear is a big one for a lot of us. When, again, when you've had sexual trauma, when you've had chronic stressful sexual experiences, shameful sexual experiences, secret taboo sexual experiences, a lot of that arousal, a lot of that turn on is now attached to stress and fear. For some people, especially those of you listening that have what you would call a compulsion or an addiction to sex, you're going to notice that the addiction is really the thrill. It's the fear. It's the getting caught. This is especially true for people who cheat on people. The um, hooking up with someone, 
having a more transactional sexual experience than a relational one. These are all the ways that our body is, um, how do I say, trying to access the adrenaline that was present in the body through those chronic events when you were developing. So if your body was developing sexually, and it was a highly adrenalized dissociative experience, especially one that was secretive, as an adult, your body's going to crave experiences that stimulate and simulate those early experiences of highly adrenalizing you, feeling very thrilling, feeling bad or wrong, taboo. That's how your body is going to recreate the sexual experience as an adult, because your turn on sometimes is only accessible through the thrill and fear itself. Being in a safe, calm, beautiful situation with someone that's very loving and like I said, relational, not transactional, might not arouse you to the degree of watching porn or hooking up with a stranger or doing something that is high sensation. So this series is, is going to run for three weeks. Again, it starts this Sunday, July 2nd. And the whole purpose of it is to teach you for free through six emails, how sexual trauma begins, how we can feel for it and certain practices we can start to do by ourselves with our partners, even with your therapists or coaches, to help you start uncoupling these past wounds with your sexuality, and see what is it like to experience my sexual energy without those things getting in the way? What do I desire without my trauma running my sex? How do I connect to this body without the pain and disgust and shame that re reflexively and quickly comes along when I've had disgusting, non-consensual violations of my body and my sexuality. That's the purpose, that's the intention of this. And at the very end, there will be a paid webinar if you want to go deeper with me. All the information is on the website. You can click the link below to join. And this Sunday, I will start sending out emails. So I look forward to hearing how this lands in your body, this episode, and even how this series takes you a little deeper into an awareness or awakens a part of you that's needing attention or needing to be held or needing to be touched or just even witnessed. So I will look forward to seeing you very, very soon. If you're seeing this later and you missed the email series, you can go to my website, you can go into past webinars, and under past webinars, you'll find the sexual trauma webinar that um, I'm leading. So you'll be able to watch the replay of that if you missed the series. Thank you so much, everybody. So that's the end of today's episode. Notice where you feel the episode inside of your body. Those sensations, those expressions. That's how your body speaks to you. Sit with it. Be with it. And let whatever wants to come up, come up. Because all the wisdom you're looking for is right there in those sensations. If you want to go deeper into these practices or find more information about my work, please visit holisticlifenavigation.com. I'll see you next time. Did you know your food cravings are actually a doorway to your subconscious? They are. We tend to see cravings as something bad or something we just give into mindlessly. But when you embody your cravings, you're able to notice they're just blossoming from a certain place that has a certain need and needs your attention. Join me 
on Wednesday, May 29th, as I unpack this in a new webinar called Cravings Destigmatized. In this webinar, I'll help you learn the difference between a nutritional craving and an emotional craving, as well as how do we use cravings to get in touch with our unmet needs and any of our unconscious, unprocessed emotional experiences. It begins at 4 p.m. Eastern, and everyone who registers will get a replay. You can find the link in the episode details, and you can also go to www.holisticlifenavigation.com and click on events, and the information is right there. Hope to see you there.